CPI in the forehandle. Check. Rally. A little intraday volatility. Not good. Come on, regional banks. Do you have to interrupt a nice rally when we're at the highs of the pre-market session? Everyone's unsubscribing from the house of mouse. And Google's PR department finally got the memo. Just mention AI. Mark taking 815. This is pre-market prep. Let's get it started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Let's get the day started. We're in the red by four and a quarter handles at 41, 47, 75. The buck catching a little bit here. Still in the trading range, but it's up 28.6 cents. 101, triple fives. Bonds up again, finding support, finding daily support at the 130 area. Once again, we are up 20, 30 seconds at 131 and 10, 30 seconds. Crude quiet down 39 cents, 72. 17 gold hanging out in the 2000 handle again up 660 at 2043 and 70 cents silver going opposite direction in a big way that's down 47 cents and 2519 uh bitcoin just kind of hanging out here in the 27k handle small range down 315 27,460 uh triple d what a what a I don't know what the word to describe yesterday was. It was an up day. Trump. It was a it was a little too much too fast. They took it down and they bring it back and now we're going back down again. I same thing every I'm, day. Chop, yeah. chop, chop. This was that was really a chop fest. Like you yeah. could if you got opinionated yesterday and you were going all in one way or another, you got destroyed. Yeah, because, well, that's just it. And that's what you've been getting destroyed here for 18 months, just chasing moves. You can't chase. you got to wait for the pullback. I did buy some stocks yesterday on the pullback here. Got some nice prices, actually. I went along the Amazon that I had sold before the report. Got it back. Both the same price. Wish I would have bought it, you know, three, four days ago. But did get in the Amazon. Um, I got in that one on the opening tick. I actually never happens, Joel. I got this at the very low, 108.05. So, um, which I never buy at the low. I don't even know when that's happened last. Um, I also bought, I'm just looking at my list. I bought Airbnb, which I talked about. Also bought we that talked one, about the opening that a lot. Yep. Yeah, I said I was probably going to do it and I did. So I bought that at 110. I bought some more IWM, a little bit more. I'd sold it because I was worried about the regional banks and I rebought it. So I don't know. I'm still, I still have the position there. But, you know, that, so that's what I've done so far here. Uh, just adding a little bit of risk to, to the portfolio. Most of us were doing pretty good yesterday up till Pack West here this morning. Yeah. Just poo pooing. On my IWM trade. <laughs> All right. We got a guest at 815. That's the so segue got, we were looking yeah, for. Yeah. Let's do yeah. it. Let's get Let's into go, it. Mitchy Mitch. Just How you like doing? that, the bank concerns are back. 
Yeah. Just like that, team. Uh, Pac West in the filing is here stating that they have $15 billion in immediate available liquidity. Also stating that deposit outflows resumed in the first week of May, stating that its deposits declined 9.5% during that week of May 5th. So there you guys see it. And concerns back. It, the only it, thing that could turn me back to the bear camp. Well, and I tweeted it yesterday. This is the hole in the bull thesis is the regional banks. Can we afford to lose PacWest? Yes. Can we afford to use WAL if that was to happen? Yeah, we'd be okay. We don't need a dozen of these things failing, though. So as one more, then you think, oh, is contagion going to happen here again? It does look like the writing on the wall that PacWest, you know, has, you know, is, is a possibility that the FDIC could step in here. It's a possibility. We don't know anything. Nobody has a crystal ball. Down 25% here today, though. This is why the market has sold off. This is why, um, you know, we we are under pressure here this morning. The banks are seriously under pressure here. So don't look any further than the KRE. I had made a case before that I wanted the KRE above 45 before I'd start getting bullish. But holy mackerel. I mean, we're down at 36 here now. So, I mean, we're not even close to that. But... Again, we've seen the tale of two markets here, to Kenny Glick's point, J.C. Perrette's point. NASDAQ's been in a bull market. So you can see which kind of stocks I was buying yesterday, you know, besides the IWM, which is obviously, you know, not wasn't good. But Amazon, Airbnb, looking to get a little bit of that tech exposure here back because these are the stocks that are working. I bought AMD. We know that as well. Um, so bring it back to PacWest here, though. Joel, technicals on this. Oh. Do they matter? This good support at zero. Well, there's a there's a couple. I'm not even things. sure I would buy it for a penny. You know what? Well, I would uh, buy it for a penny if I could flip it out four fifty five. But <laughs> yeah, uh, the the thing of the matter with this pack West is I just don't like what's coming out of the company. Yeah. I mean, right? Uh, we had concerns. I believe it was on uh, uh, one day last week. Uh, we're looking for strategic um, uh, options, right? Yeah, they crush it. And then two days later, they're like, we're okay. Okay. And now it's like like the like whoever's running that bank doesn't know what the heck is going on. And so when I see, you know, uh, kind of flip-flopping into management like that, then I have absolutely no confidence in what's going on there. So Yeah, just- but Joel, this isn't management here. I'm going to interrupt you here because this isn't, you know, they can say they're looking for alternatives. I don't know if anybody came out there and just said flat out we're okay here, deposits going down a bit. What are they supposed to say? You know, they can't they can't come in, the management can't come in and say, Well, everybody's taking the money out of the, their accounts here and you know, we're not good. They they have no choice but to stay positive. Bank runs are all about confidence. It's the management's job to bring confidence in any way they possibly can. So management I'm not gonna blame for, you know, the pop from the last three days and now it's starting to sell off. They have no choice. They have to stay confident here. I yeah, hope, I mean, I, hope it doesn't I, I know, fail. I know, but I, I would have to side with Joel on this one. With the comment was fundamentally sound. Wow, well, is this fundamentally sound? Is I, it? I wouldn't say so. It, it it's not at the time though. You lose ten percent of your deposits. You're probably okay still. I mean, what are you supposed to say? I just put myself in the management's position. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're supposed to say. Like they can't go out and say, "Yeah, everybody's taking their money out." So I think as management, you've yeah. got to stay, try to stay positive here as much as you can. I mean, it's, you know, it sucks to be a bank and, you know, you're running a good company 
and everybody takes their money out all at once and then you go under. I mean, this is always the risk with every single bank. This is not the risk with just one bank. It's the risk with every single bank. They are all prone to bank runs because they lend long and they borrow short. All the short-term people take their money out. They got liquidity problems. So, I mean, this is always a problem. Banks are built on confidence. When the confidence leaves, then you got problems here. It's a serious issue that still is weighing on this market here. But we know the S&P has been ignoring it for a long time. The Q is completely ignoring it and maybe thriving on it to a certain extent because everybody hiding out in the Microsofts and the Apples and the Amazons and the Googles of the world. Um, and, and, you know, and the NVIDIAs obviously as well. So it still is, you know, why I still have a lot, a considerable amount of cash, even though I brought some of it down yesterday. It's an unknown risk, but I can't blame the management here on PACW. Okay. Well, I mean, we could debate that all we want. I would just say yeah. uh, two things. Technically, uh, we, you know, we're coming down to 417. Uh, didn't quite get there yet. That was your May 5th low. There's a, a small gap from 415 to 417. So uh, we were faders the other day when it got up near eight. If I had been a fader and now it's coming back down to this area and bad news, I would think I would use uh, this bad news to try and bring it in for, yeah. you know, four, four and a quarter, just being a contrarian. Uh, secondarily, and I'm going to put the link in the chat. Uh, I had a, I had an interview yesterday on pre-market prep plus with, uh, David Cheverini over at Wedbush. Mm-hmm. And he actually, I have never heard anyone talk more informed on the regional banks than this gentleman. No one on CNBC, uh, no one in any of the publications I read. And uh, he downgraded a whole host of regional banks in June of 2022. And one of those banks was SVB. And it was basically the, the, uh, the quality of their loans and uh you know what you know what they were bringing in and uh he's still you know he's still very conservative on a couple of these he taught he covers pack west uh, uh wac i mean he co- he covers everything so i put the link in the chat so there's a person that does their homework, knows a heck of a lot more than me. So if you guys want a, a great interview, and I think Benzinga uh, did an article on the, on him too. So uh, great information there. Um, these things are just, they, this is what's holding us back. If I had to say, okay, I'm dead wrong. We're taking, yeah, right, taking out the high for the year and everything. If there's anything that's just two things are keeping me back. One is just this resistance up here. I mean, come on, every time we get up 42, 4180, 4200. And then this other bank thing, if the market's going to be this fragile on one sector, then it's it's hard to say, man, we're just, you know, unless unless you're in tech land, right? Like Google. The market's not fragile at all, though. That's when the frustrating thing for the bears here is the market has not been fragile whatsoever. The IWM has been somewhat fragile. The Qs and the SPY really don't care. And that's why I've added a little bit of risk here. I mean, I'm not adding a ton of risk and I still stay at least 50% cash because of all these unknowns of the regionals. If the regional banks didn't exist, let's just say hypothetically, if this regional bank problem didn't exist, I'd be all in on this market right now because we're at 4.9% inflation. We're still significantly off the highs. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be long here, but this regional bank issue is an issue. But 
it doesn't appear to be an issue for the Apples and the Microsofts of the world, you know, and I had sold my Amazon originally, you know, I had the Amazon of the long-term portfolio. I sold it up there at 3,200 and I don't know what that works out to on the free yeah, split, what was the split, but it's probably like 160 or 165. So I, I rebought that yesterday. I'm back in the Amazon. So, you know, I've scalped myself 50 points, you know, on the long-term. So AMD, we know I've been bullish that, I mean, on pullbacks here. The one thing about AMD is it's just too much too fast. Oh. Hit the 100. I mean, we kissed 100. Major technical resistance. That's right where that old resistance was too. So if you're in it for a trade, you're probably ringing the register here just because it's been a big move. But, you know, I stuck it in the longer-term portfolio, believing in the long-term story here, and just trying to increase the exposure here just a little bit. So, But take the regional bank crisis away, and this S&P – is a lot higher than it is now. All right. Now, yesterday, of course, I was in the middle of the day. I was also looking at Amazon. I wasn't able to get it out the gates. Now, in the middle of the day, we did get a headline that definitely got me thinking that, yeah, it's time to get the motor going here. Google AI, baby. That's yeah, all you needed to mention, yeah. right? Alphabet's yeah. annual development uh, developers conference here came in, and they announced a lot of different updates in their ai i'm going to try to cover it all but i would definitely suggest you look into all the highlights because it's a lot of things in one all right so there was of course uh, some smart editing added to google maps and photos uh, maps will have new immersive views for their routes that will be including real-time traffic simulation bike lane details parking information things like this um, we also got uh, Palm 2 powering Google's AI future. Of course, this is their newest large language model. So definitely focus on this. This includes the Bard chat tool that was released recently. Um, it will be the backbone for the company's AI features, right? We also got workspace innovations that you guys need to look into. I think this is actually pretty interesting because let's just be honest, um, at least for me, I, I have been using more of like uh, Google's products for Office, like let's say uh, Google Docs, Google Sheets, things like this. I use it more often now because I, I'll be honest, I don't have Microsoft Word license anymore because I can feel like I can use Google's products. So something that I'll be watching there for their AI. much for the licensing of this. Yeah, you know, they yeah. want to for charge what? you every year. For what? It's just gotten to a ridiculous <laughs> level here, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, there's other products out there. Like, you know, yeah, I guess you can buy, I don't know if you can buy it permanently or not, but they want to like bill you every year on the thing. Oh, subscribe, it's 125 bucks a year. To use your office, to use your Excel. I mean, there's other stuff to your point, Mitch. There's other no. stuff out there, you know, that just pisses me off more than anything. Like, it's not and if they're going to bring bucks, AI about, features to yeah. those free things? Oh, come on. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go right over, right? So I think this is definitely going to help out Google. For a while there, we were starting to take think about like Microsoft as being, you know, it was really taking off as kind of mostly the leader with chat GPT. Now you're really starting to see the interest go back to Google. It took off. I took my shot yesterday near the high of the day. I got 110.89 for the swing trade, probably looking to take the money and run today, especially with the bank concerns. All right, let's get Mark in here because we got PPI coming up at uh, 835. It's Mr. Chaikin. Uh, All right, us. let's go ahead. Let's get to it. Mark, what's going on? How we doing? We're doing well. Hey guys, I'm, Mark. I'm interested in all the stocks you've been talking about. So well, yeah, we like that. Love it, Mark. Yeah. Do you use Microsoft 
or do you use Google like apps like their Google Docs, Google Sheets? What do you use? We use both. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm a creature of habit, so Word and Excel are just part of my uh, DNA. But yeah. cor- corporate-wise, we use Google Docs, and um, it's just easier. And but the one tool that exceeds everything is Slack, and of course, that's Salesforce. Slack, I think, is the best productivity tool I've ever used. And it's firm wide, but I wish it was a public company. But let's let's go back to AMD. Yeah. Because I think AMD is a real poster child for what you have to do to make money in this market. We've had a bullish rating on AMD. Uh, started out around $90, maybe even lower, uh, three months ago. Ran up to 100 on the uh, AI hype. And then after the earnings report pulled back to 81 and look where it was yesterday, you were just looking at it. You've got to find stocks like AMD that you like and buy the pullbacks instead of putting labels on the market. And that's what I've been saying consistently here since January. Stock pickers market here. Very much so. And And even in that market, a stock like Airbnb, which we have a bullish rating on, they exceeded the numbers, but the guidance didn't. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> the algorithms, the chat GPTs didn't like the guidance. Believe it or not, people <laughs> are starting to look at this stuff. Not uh, Now, be mindful, chat GPT doesn't have data subsequent to 2021. So it's, it's, uh, it's being adapted by some charting programs and analytics programs to somehow take in real-time data. But, uh, you know, the algos are programmed to, to parse these um, guidance calls and that's what you see in a stock like airbnb which was down almost uh, i guess 18 percent on a pretty good report so the question is what do you do now and uh i don't know what ppi is going to do but i I still see a breakout above 4200 on the s p coming it doesn't look like, and again, we were saying this yesterday, and we've been saying it. We got the tail of two markets here. We got the NASDAQ in a full-on bull market, and we got the IWM in a full-on bear market. You don't see that very often here, but that's kind of what the story is. I mean, to your point, that's what I've been doing too. I bought Amazon, AMD, and Airbnb here over the course of the last week in my <laughs> long-term portfolio. The reason is because these have been the stronger stocks, so why, you know, why buck that trend? I am going with the strength. And there's reasons for that because, you know, the reasons, you know, PACW holding down the rest of the market, while it seems to not be holding down tech at all. So I guess you just got to go with the flow. I think so. And in terms of the IWM, uh, you know, there have been so many articles about how 40% of the stocks in the index don't make any money. But uh, it's even more pertinent right now that there are so many small cap banks and energy stocks in there. And, you know, so the question that uh, Joel would raise is, well, how can you have a bull market without financials and energy? And the answer is they just don't represent that big a percentage of the market cap. So unless we're going to go to hell in a handbasket in terms of the banking system and some you know, major calamity, you've got to go with the flow and find the groups uh, that are going to outperform. And they're, they're self-selecting themselves. It really is unbelievable. So uh, I'll, I'll give you a couple that I think are viable right now. Airbnb, uh, PVH, great chart. Looks like AMD doesn't have the hype that an AMD has. Um, this is Calvin Klein and uh, a lot of other apparel companies. I think it's Tommy Hilfinger as well. 
And it's had this really nice pullback. Are we looking at the same stock? Yeah, we are. Uh, it's had this nice pullback on the daily chart. Uh, the gap is still there from the earnings report. Yeah. You can buy stocks like this in here. Uh, I think there's some real opportunities. I mean, the big thing with PVH is one thing to consider too. It doesn't, you know, we're not talking about like the physical stores where, you know, like we've no Kohl's and Macy's and Nordstrom's, they sell stuff PVH makes in there, but they're running department stores. PVH is a big difference. They're the, you know, the stuff going in there selling to these stores. They can sell online. They can do a lot of different things here. Yep. So, you know, this may be a better way to play retail. I think it is. And, uh, you know, stores have always been problematic. I go back to a stock that was huge in the 60s and 70s when I first came into the business. Um, the villager, a guy named Max Rabb in Philadelphia, who became a filmmaker, he was going great guns with these preppy clothing. And then what did he do? He started opening boutiques and department stores and they went bankrupt. So better to produce the goods, uh, especially in an economy where, you know, bricks and mortar are, are questionable than uh, have those stores sitting there in malls. All right. Uh, we just had a nice pop uh, there. Just that was off bit. Yellen's comments. So yeah, I know. We, yeah, we, I we know. popped eight points there. Yellen came out and said that yep. default should be unthinkable. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I mean, this is how much, and Mark, I want to get your commentary on this too because we yeah. don't talk to you about this, but this is how much algorithms are just driving price i mean this is freaking common sense that yellen is going to say that yet the algos see that they're like oh my goodness yellen says we can't default we have to buy them up 10 points here uh, well, algos, you know I think the, this is the, old news though because I, I have it at 3 3 13 a.m already mm -hmm. released um but yellen she was up in the middle of the night like that no i doubt that uh, uh, I'm saying uh the, the article was released already yeah so I mean, the reality is the the u.s government can't default we just print more money so yeah, we just print this is, they're not gonna that, they're not gonna default on it let's go burr man <laughs> yeah you know so this is just a game that they're playing politically yeah. it's a football it's not going to happen uh, the only smart thing i think that um, our former president said last night on cnn is we don't know what would happen if we default. Could be one day of pain, could be a week of pain. Nobody knows. But the, the reality is we're not going to default. We'll just keep printing money and pay our bills. Uh, yeah, so, the congressmen want to get paid. You know, to get, yeah. the government wants to get paid. But uh, just uh, the point that I, that I was trying to make, you know, with, with the pop and the drop and everything. And, Mark, I wanted to get your opinion on this, too. Uh, I mean, yesterday, you know, overall, when you look at the net results, you know, it was a it was a good day in the market, right? You had the good CPI data, you you know, got a little overdone. I mean, you did have a you know sixty handle intraday decline. I didn't really see. I mean, I was looking for headlines, nothing seemed to you know really attributed to it. But like to me, what I like you know to get in you know the bullish camp and and build a base up here. I kind of like to see a little bit more. I mean. Yeah, it was a buy the dip opportunity, but with as high as the market was earlier in the day, you could have been buying that dip and got absolutely ran over. Does it, you know, is that just the market mechanics? Is that just the news? Is that just something as a trader investor you have to put up with? Or I don't know. It just seems like it, it, it was a rally, a little bit of a skittish rally. Um, you know, for me, I'd like to see us bust through 4,200 <laughs> and then prove that support. 
right? Wouldn't, wouldn't we all? Supporters at 40-50, obviously. We have okay. two, two we weekly lows that. there. Yep. But you're, you're really talking about day traders. It's tough to day trade in this market. I, I don't day trade. I have an automated trading program on TradeStation for the E-minis. It made so much money yesterday because it happened to uh, you know, kick in on the mean reversion uh, algorithms. It has some trending algorithms. It's a really tough market to day trade. Okay. And, and particularly, there's no liquidity out there except for single day options. But uh, I don't know what the volume was yesterday, but the volume on Monday and Tuesday in the SPY is the lowest of the year. All right, I'm going to... I'm going to jump in here, Mark. I know that you've been watching for a while now, Unity. You've liked it, not liked it. What are we thinking now after these recent report that just came out? Well, I think Unity is a long-term play on virtual reality and AI, and it's being used in industrial um, applications for building uh, factories and uh, office buildings. I think long-term, it's a really fine uh, investment, but it's very speculative, and it would be just a small percentage of my portfolio. More importantly, Roblox just had an awful quarter, and you know, in theory, these two are uh, in the same space; they're not tied at the hip. But if I had to choose between Roblox and Unity, it would be Unity. I think so too. I would take Unity over Roblox as well. I mean, Unity is going to be in so many more things. Roblox is just their platform, so I don't even yeah. think you can compare the two. No, but in the you know Wall Street's pretty um, unsophisticated sometimes when it comes to that. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah, no. But I, I mean, if you want to gauge the health of this market and and talk economy, which I don't, because I don't know. I think we're in a recession, but what do I know? And I think by the end of this cycle, they're going to redefine what a recession is. By the way, and it's not going to mean anything. But look at Royal Caribbean. We had a buy signal on that at, at sixty two. Uh, April 13th. Yep. We actually recommended an options trade. If you're telling me that the economy's in a recession, how in the world is a cruise line making new highs? <laughs> well, uh, I can well, tell this you, this is it. <laughs> we're, we're not in a recession. We haven't been in a recession here yet. The question is, is the second half, we'd go into a recession. That's what people fear. But I was arguing before you got on, I mean, if you take away this regional banking crisis, if it didn't exist, this market's a lot higher here. Mark. Oh, my God, yes. But by the way, uh, and there's a great article, an old client of mine, Harold Bradley, who headed up the trading desk at American Century in Kansas City Mutual Funds, posted an article, and he's blaming or at least explaining the crisis on the fact that the uh, KRE, for instance, 10 largest positions, they have like three or four times the average 50-day volume in these big banks. So there's liquidity in the ETF, and a lot of advisors are using the ETF uh, to get exposure, let's say, in the, in the small cap banking space or the regional banking space. But when they get liquidations, they have to go out and sell big names, names that you would know. They're 10 largest holdings. There's no liquidity out there. And so that everybody's blaming the short sellers, as was I. But really, it could be people buying puts on the KRE, knowing that advisors and other allocators are going to sell them. So uh, the reason I went off on a tangent is it's a crisis in terms of a few banks that are, have mismatches between short-term deposits uh, and long-term lending. But at the end of the day, unless you think relationship banking is going away and the big banks are going to get all the money, um, there's actually going to be some buying opportunities down here. 
Uh, We've been on the line with Mark. We got the PPI yeah. coming on with PPI. Mark Chaikin, Chaikin Analytics, joins the show every two weeks on Thursday, 8.15 on the dot to give us his fundamental and technical view on the markets. Mark, thanks as always. We'll talk to you again You're soon. You're welcome. I'm going to go get thanks, my Mark. breakfast. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Enjoy it, Mark. Later. Yeah. All right. Let's get to PPI review here. I'll give you guys the estimated numbers. And then, of course, we'll get to Joel's chart here. Month over month, we're going to be the consensus is 0.3. Uh, prior was actually a negative number. It was 0.5 in the negatives there. So we'll see if we get above or below this consensus. Year over year consensus is 2.4. Prior was 2.7. Cool. We're also going to get initial jobless claims to come in. Initial jobless claims expected at 245,000. Prior was 242,000. This has been increasing. So I'll keep an eye out on that. And of course, you can look at like core PPI and things like that. I don't know if that matters to you guys, but I'll mention it here. Core PPI year over year is at 3.3. Prior was 3.4. Hmm. Let's see what we get here. And of course, there's some other numbers. You guys can see it, it a looks, lot here. I think it's in line just by the action. I don't know if it's out there. It's in line to, to, to pretty good so far from what I'm seeing. You do have a bid above yes above the close from yesterday. That's actually a double close area. You're climbing, you're climbing here. There are sellers out here. You're you're above mid-range on the session now. So I think it's it looks like in an inline number. I'm just kind of going here off the price mm -hmm. action. Certainly not moving like the CPI jobless no. claims coming out too. Dennis is gonna say it's a nothing muffin. What are we seeing out there? Is it actually jobless out yet? Jobless got claims right here. higher. Jobless I got you right here. Higher. Core Go. PPI month over month, April 0 0.2 versus 0.2 expected. Month over month at 0.2 versus 0.3 estimates. So a little bit under that. Mm -hmm. Initial jobless claims, 264,000 versus 245,000. Prior was 242. So initial jobless claims jumping a pretty good amount there. Year over year outlook for PPI at 2.3 versus 2.4 estimate there. So we definitely saw a little bit of a jump there in the initial jobless claims. I'm um, looking for the continuous jobless claims because that one showed a little bit of a mixed signal last week. So I'll keep an eye out on that. But core PPI at 3.2 versus 3.3. So pretty much the PPI numbers seem like they're coming in just mm -hmm. about a 0.1 off each of them, right? You got PPI month over month at 0.2, uh, PPI year over year at 2.3. And they're all off like about a 0.1, but to the downside. So not looking too bad there. A little bit of slow up, not much reaction off this. Are we no, seeing anything? No, we, 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 we jumped a little bit on it. I think the numbers, um, you know, it's light. So it goes with the CPI to a certain extent. I think the jobless claims spooks the market a little bit here. Like they want jobless claims higher. So the Fed's done, but at the same time, they don't want you know, to start seeing that because like, oh, maybe, you know, we're going to go into a recession. I mean, it, it's like you can't have your cake and eat it too here. You know, <laughs> if you want the Fed to stop, eventually everything's got to slow down a bit. So, but, you know, the market does want its cake and eat it too. So it just wants inflation to go away altogether and the economy to stay strong in the soft landing. So it's a little bit of a mixed message here. But again, this isn't like getting a CPI report. No, not at all. And you, you felt the rally, right? You had the rally uh, off the yelling comments where they were new or old or whatever. I did see a comment coming out of uh, good old Jamie Dimon, and that came out, uh, I believe that came out right around 820. And he totally goes, he uh, 
at 821, uh, uh, Jamie Diamond says debt ceiling is potentially catastrophic, but regional banks are strong. So on uh, Bloomberg TV. So, man, you can I don't know what to There's make of that. Just, yeah. The market is trading off of like commentary from people. It's so hard to follow it everywhere. I mean, yeah. we're so headline driven. You get some yelling comments. You get some diamond comments and it moves the entire market. I mean, the market is just so jittery and the algos. It's just so much algorithmic action. I mean, we talked about it off the earnings reports, you know, and you're trying to make heads or tails of it. It's a matter of just the algos just pumping or dumping. I mean, this is what moves markets. It's so algorithmic driven here now. It's like nothing else matters. It's just pushing around on headlines. And that's why if you ignore headlines in this market, I think you're missing so much, you know, so much opportunity there. Like people will just say, oh, just look at charts. You know, you set up. It looks like a good setup. That's above the 200-day moving average. Let's buy that. Oh, that's below the 200-day moving average. Let's sell that. I think there's so much more to this market. I mean, certain markets trade very technical and certain markets are headline driven. We are in a headline driven market. Every economic data point matters. Think about three, four years ago, Joe, or even two years ago. You know, the economic data points didn't move the market. Oh, they were man. all the only one that ever moved the market. We were complaining was the jobs number. So, I mean, we are in a headline market and you have to understand and trade the market you're in. And right now, if you're ignoring the headlines, you're getting whipsawed. A perfect example of that. Remember, like during COVID and like, uh, you know, they came out with like the unemployment rates and, you know, and jobless claims. And they, they were absolutely abysmal in the market rallied. Right. And then, uh, you know, came out with some of those airline earnings and they were, you know, losing 50 bucks a share. And they rallied. I mean, uh, you know, right now it's just a muted market. To me, I... You know, I like to be on the super bullish rah-rah camp, uh, but I, I, I like to move it, you know, I like it to move more on fundamentals. But I, you know, that's a thing of the past, right? With algorithmic trading, it's just a thing of the past here. And I, I right now, I just the fundamentals, you know, they're, they're great for the cues. They're great for the tie here. We're starting to lose altitude here a little bit. A little bit. Um, yeah. Now, I, I don't know. I don't think that number was good enough here. Kind of still at the top of the trading range. I'm, I'm not, I'm not backing off my high for the year end yet, but yeah, we I shall mean, see. Of course, when PPI goes up, it's going to give the perspective that in a, it could see that inflation going up higher. Of course, the cost. It was of up. PPI up. was up. I thought it was, compared what? to prior. Right, we were in negative, so we went to a positive. So if you viewed it like that. That's how you could view it as a negative, right? I think the jobless claims um, matters more here. I think, I think so, so too. I think so too. And, and that's and that actually going a good up, sign. Originally, they probably buy it on the good PPI, but then they're like, oh yeah, the jobless claims, that's good too because the Fed's not going to make them cut faster. And they're like, oh, wait a second. Is it good news? Does that mean we're going to recession? That's why I'm yeah. saying jobless claims itself is a mixed, mixed message. Yeah, mixed. It's a mixed message in itself because people don't want to see us go into a recession, but they want to see the Fed cut. This gives you more weight that, you know, Fed cut could happen in the second half, as you see jobless claims going higher, but then they're like, oh, recession. So, I mean, it all depends on what you want to gravitate to. Do you want to gravitate to the to the silver lining of, you know, yeah, jobless claims going higher means the Fed's going, going to probably pause, you know, and more definitely pause, you know, at the next meeting. But if you're thinking the other, that you want the soft landing, well, this isn't good news for a soft landing. So mixed messages. 
All right, let's get out of some economic data. Let's go back to some of the earnings reports. Let's go to Walt Disney, of course, uh, and mm-hmm. let's get to that That's action. Mouse Walt hasn't Disney been talked about yet. Yeah, Q2 Holy. EPS at 93 cents in line. Sales at 21.82 billion beat the 21.79 billion estimate. Disney's Q2 domestic channels revenues decreased 4%. Disney lost 4 million Disney Plus subscribers in the quarter. A lot of this coming from India Disney Plus, 8% drop in membership there. Disney Plus paid subscribers were down 2% year over year. ESPN Plus paid subscribers up 2%, and Hulu paid subs were flat. Uh, Disney's streaming losses came down during the fiscal second quarter as price increases offset the loss of subscribers at Disney Plus. They also announced a raise in the price of the ad-free streaming service later this year. When we looked into the parks, experiences, and products, that actually did well. 17% increase in revenue. Now, one thing, of course, that's not helping it right now, they got the writer's strike. That's not going to help the content side. Production shutdowns in Marvel Studios for the Blade hit and also shutdowns for Disney's plus Star Wars series and or. Um, So this is one thing that I've definitely pointed to. I've talked about how they cut content spending. And now that there's a writer's strike, I definitely don't think this is going to help the content. And I think that that's where they're struggling the most is in content. Disney CFO did predict continued softness in Disney's plus subscribers may linger into Q3. Lots to chew on here. I don't have a position in Disney. Um, I bought I thought it. You were I the, yeah. So what I did about a month ago, not even a few weeks ago, I bought Disney. I says forming that base. And then the pack W stuff and all the regional started to collapse. I was like, I don't want, I don't want that exposure. So I, I scratched the trade out, the, the longer term investment. I just like, I don't want it. And, you know, now, you know, with PacW and all this stuff, I, I didn't want to take it through the report. So Good I was, you know, so I don't have a position in it. Um, I do think it's a buy down in the 90s. The one problem here, and Mar- Mitch making the fantastic point, it's all the parks. The parks have been the driver. So the Disney Plus is not going well. I don't even turn Disney Plus on anymore. So I may even unsubscribe from it. So I do like the Star Wars content. I'm a Star Wars fan. But if you're not a Star Wars fan, they just don't have new stuff. And it's just not that, you know, there's just not enough content. There's not enough of it. So Mm -hmm. I think the Disney Plus product is very disappointing um, at this point in time. So now you look, okay, well, you're leaning on the parks. If you're going into a little rougher time here again, the parks revenue could end up coming down on. That would be a worst case scenario. So you get Disney Plus not doing well. And if you go into a recession in the second half, maybe that parks revenue, which is at peak earnings right now, it's as good as it gets right now. So then you start adding all that up and you see the 22 times and you're like, I don't know. Do I like Disney as a franchise? Love it. Do I think there's a value there at $90? I think long-term value. But right now, parks are firing on all cylinders. The rest of the business, not so much. Uh, we're trading down. We're trading down substantially, $5.42, uh, a little bit off the pre-market low. The pre-market low comes in at $95.10. Uh, just for the short term, uh, just for today, that's not a bad area. 
you had a pair of, you know, just a, a three lows uh, within that area, 94.38 to 95.35. I'll just call ballpark that, 94.75, call that uh, support. Uh, if, in fact, they can't press it down through that area and the pre-market low holds, maybe you could drift back up. Uh, would find resistance uh, near that $100 area now traded so deep in the red. Uh, yesterday's low will be the uh, gap fill at 1004. Yeah, one thing that I would note that was in their earnings, they talked about how maybe they're going to go ahead and pull some of the Hulu content into Disney Plus to try to get some more subscribers and content on Disney Plus that could get some viewers over there. I think in the long run, we might see a consolidation between Hulu and Disney Plus, like kind of like Max did, right? With their, uh, with Discovery and also HBO Max. I think you could, in the long run, maybe see those two combine because there isn't enough content on There's Disney+. There's not enough Plus. content. I, I have Hulu. There. I have Hulu paid. Um, so I, I like Hulu. I will tell you that at least because I can watch like pretty much all the, the basic cable shows that you would, you would have. But we'll see if they switch that over. All right. Dennis needs a bounce for a little bit. We'll keep it moving. Let's go to the, the next stock. We talked about it really quickly. Let me just at least cover the numbers here. Unity Software, Q1 okay. sales at $500 million, beat the $480.9 million estimate. They did mm. see Q2 revenues at $510 million to $520 million versus a $508.46 million estimate. They see fiscal year 23 revenue at $2.08 to $2.2 billion versus a 2.13 billion estimate so good outlook there on their q2 revenues and uh, fiscal year revenue the software is now reducing approximately 600 roles eight percent of their workforce also giving them a little bit of a lift here so i was able to day trade unity yesterday towards the close got a nice little gain on that i didn't yeah. want to hold it through the earnings because i was a little bit worried Hard. but hey you guys see it the earnings not too bad here I was hoping we'd have a better pop-up before the earnings report. I was hoping it could get up to that 30 before the report and be a little bit, you know, but it just, the overall market rolled over after 10 o'clock and that's what really didn't help you. And then they obviously came back towards the end of the day. That rollover didn't help. I mean, the report was good. We talked about a potential five-point pop and that's funny. That's what it got. It's given some of it back. I do think Unity is the kind of stock they want right now. I think they are, you know, this is software that's going to be into a lot of things. Michael Pactor's been on the show, and he's loved the company for a long time. I, I always believe in Michael Pactor. He makes a lot of good calls, bad calls at Netflix, but lots of other good calls as well. So I think I, you know, to Mark's point too earlier, Mark Chaikin's point earlier, if you're picking like Roblox or Unity, I'd take Unity all day. It's quiet. It's quiet here. I mean, it, it wasn't quiet. Uh, you had that pop up to 33.68. So that's going to be a nice target. But, you know, right now, there's just price discovery going on right here between 31 and let's call it 31.75. Uh, top of yesterday's range, if you're looking for support, that's way down at 29.09. As far as looking for resistance on the dailies, uh, you know, throwing out that 33.68, we poked our head above 32 on a couple occasions. Uh, so I'd look at this uh, 32. Uh, it's above 32. Uh, actually, pair of highs, 32.54, 32.57. That's what I'd be keeping on on a pop here based on the current market information. 
All right, let's go to Robin Hood Markets. Q1. Oh, yeah, Dennis. At a loss of 57 cents, beat the loss of 61 cent estimate. Sales of 441 million, beat the 424.53 million estimate. Robin Hood to launch 24 hour trading on weekdays in stocks and ETFs. Under the new 24-hour market, Robinhood will be offering trading from 8 p.m. Eastern Sunday to 8 p.m. Eastern Friday for 43 securities. Some of these stocks. What are the 43 stocks? <laughs> yeah, that's the. I didn't get the whole list. I got like some major names here from our article. I got Amazon. I have Apple, Tesla in those reports. So it's going to be the big boys, right? I think that's that's what you're. We're not talking penny stocks here. We're talking probably big mega cap names. Uh, but what do you think about this, Dennis? 24 what you have hour trading? to understand is how this is done. This is just a money maker for your off exchange market makers. <laughs> yep. Because they'll provide a wide market. So if the S&Ps are here, we'll provide a market for you here. You want to buy it, you're going to pay up here. And we're going to make that spread. The spreads are going to be bigger. They're going to be moving. This is not going to be a money maker for any traders trading on Robinhood after hours. Unless there's news breaking on Amazon at midnight. And you can pick off a high-frequency trader that's not paying attention to it. It's going to be very difficult for retail to make money off this. And this is just another moneymaker for the Citadels and obviously um, the other you know, major companies um, or, or major off-exchange market makers. Well, yeah. whoever gets that flow. So go and look and... Um, getting hit on stocks so i'm getting i know this is uh this is a little bit of a chop fest here uh we're trying to get above unchanged and i just want to uh and i don't know if it relates to the stocks that you're trading uh monday's close was 52.75 and we closed yesterday at 52 so i'm gonna bring you know coming off the pre-market high and coming off the uh uh that pop that we had off the ppi i think it's really important with the choppy price action yesterday uh, is to get over that closing price and hold 41.52. Um, as far as this uh, this Robinhood and uh, this this news, uh, I said to Mitch when when we discussed it on the pre pre market <laughs> show, I said I'm upgrading Citadel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. And uh, didn't TD Ameritrade was that they, they did tried that, to do uh, something like this, right? Was it futures though? Or was I it remember stocks? it was it TD was Ameritrade. Bad. I think is still doing it a bit, aren't they? Yeah, I think they, they still it? do it. A, a, TD members out there, let us know, team. I I, I try be, my best not to to use it, but be very careful trading these after hours go. because you're going to be paying a wider spread. And yeah. I'm just telling you, they're they're not like there's going to be you know it's going to be hard for you know a Robin trader to meet with another Robin trader. There's always a middleman. This is the problem of trading with That's retail the accounts. Is yeah. the middleman. And the middleman's going to make it wide enough that they're making money off you. This is a money maker for Citadel. It's not a money maker for the Robinhood clients. Would it be uh, different, Dennis? Just, just I'm wondering. Would it ahead, be different if you could actually select the directed route yeah, in the after sure. hours? There, I mean, that's versus the, the downside. Smart routing. This is why I stay away from all those. You know, like I'm at Interactive Brokers. I control my ride, routing at IB. Not on IB Light if you're paying with a free. I pay the professional. I control mm-hmm. my routing. So I don't have to route out, but it's still a matter of, you know, who's trading at that time. You're going to have the high frequency traders making a market for you there. And you're, you know, going to try to trade Amazon, which is no market for. And all they're going to do is price it off of the S&P. So they can do all the major companies because they can arb them with the S&P future because the S&P futures are open at that time. If the S&P futures weren't open at that time, they wouldn't offer it. But because the futures are open, you do Amazon, Microsoft, we can just hedge it out. 
So they just hedge it out. Similar to, you know, I do some of that stuff after hours as well. You just hedge away the risk. You can hedge away, you know, obviously, you know, as you get more and more companies, you hedge it better. But for the most part, you can hedge away the risk. And that's what uh, it, And just for that, I would say, you know, for I don't know how many people we have on the Robinhood platform or, or trying to do these other things. Um, if you have, if you're trying to exit a position, you know, and you have some kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, you probably could put limit orders out there, right? But you're getting I'm, picked off. Yeah. So you're going to get picked off. So what's going to happen is if you're on Amazon and you've got your order out here, once the futures move above that fair value, they're lifting your offer. So you're always going to get picked off on that. You get picked off during the day too. All this stuff happens during the day, except it's going to happen with a lot wider spreads. So it's going to be way worse. Slippage is going to be so much worse at these hours. So again, I'm warning everyone that don't think, oh yeah, this is going to be great because you don't have enough other participants Liquidity. out there. Yep. You're just trading directly with Citadel. So it's it's tough to make money. There's a reason that Uncle They're Kenny, doing you it. want to call him Uncle Kenny, has all these properties all over and he's one of the richest men in the world <laughs> because he's trading with retail. So yeah. he's taking the other side of all retail orders and the typical retail traders are losing money. There's some good ones there too. Don't kid yourself. There's some good retail traders but there's a lot more traders who really struggle. He's going to have wider spreads at midnight. He's going to make more money off of you if you're trading. And also those orders coming in are like, you know, they probably don't even affect their book. It might even be, you know, taking them out of something that they have that they don't even, you know, they don't even have to lay off on, right? They have, you know, overnight positions, hedge positions. If something, you know, if someone wants to come in and buy Bank of America, I mean, you know, something like that could uh, could offset their positions. But anyways, Robin Hood, let's just go to the chart. Uh, you got to pop almost at 10 bucks uh, off the headline news, uh, 9 what was that high there? That high? Oh, no, that was probably during 993. That was probably actually during, uh, yep, that was after hours. So 10 bucks, that's a major level. You can see the three highs just over 10. And for support for right now, we'll call it the top of yesterday's range, 938. That's pretty close. But uh, I'd like, oh, like nine looks like a real congestion area based on the closes. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get to our trade zero and we'll go through some of the other earnings that we still got to get through. All right, let's take a look here underneath in the gappers. And of course, we'll bring up some stocks here. The first one I want to bring up is that bid report. Of course, this is already trading. I put JE. JD, baby, let's take a look there. Um, I've been watching this one also. I mean, we've seen how Amazon has recently taken off. Shop has taken off. Melly has been doing well. Let's talk about their earnings here. 69 cents beat the 50 cent estimate. Sales of 35.38 billion beat the 34.64 billion estimate. Um, now, it looks like the CEO is retiring for personal reasons, and the current CFO is promoted now to CEO. So I don't know how that really affects the company, but just want to give you guys that information. Stocks is in a, such a wicked downtrend. <laughs> I mean, you could go to 40, 45, and it's still ugly. So not saying that's going to happen whatsoever. I've tried to play this a little bit long a couple of times here. It just keeps making new lows. So hard to get on the bull train here on JD. I'd love to. Like, I think there's some value here. Again, geopolitical risk keeps me out of all Chinese stocks. But I do think yeah. there's some value here in JD. And, you know, the earnings were good. But it's just such a wicked downtrend. 
Yeah, it's uh, you you made that low thirty three and a half. Let's call it thirty six and a half. Three point move, but I, I think I would try and be more patient. Maybe if you wanted to be long this thing, if you could get it back in the thirty five handle. I see actually a four closes, five closes in the 35 handle. So I don't think I would chase it up here, but on a pullback, if you could get it in the 35 handle, maybe lean on the low of the move. Uh, as far as taking out resistance, you are doing that as we speak right now. Uh, your four-day high was 36.23. So as long as you stay above that, you got some room on the upside. This was really the only positives I was seeing when the market was down this morning. The Bobster uh, uh, bouncing off the $80 level. Uh, market has memory as that hit that level back in March. Just hit it recently back up at 85. Uh, Baidu. Uh, hasn't mentioned AI as of late, but that looks like it's forming a little bit of a base. So Holy the looking... Baidu is just going <laughs> straight down here, too. I mean, you can buy China all at the lows. I mean, look and just bring them up here. Yeah. Um, Baba, not far from that 80 low here. I mean, just look at the charts. Baidu is giving back a lot of it. I mean, not you know, the October lows on some of these, but you can buy them at the 2023 lows. It seems like all of them. All day What's long. PDD? Yeah, PDD? Pinduoduo. Duo. Oh, my gosh. Pinduoduo here. Oh, my. Oh, that was the thing. This is that so was... ugly. Oh, man. What about now? What about this $50 area? Bottom in November at. It, well, it's 60. Uh, bottom in November, it's 60. This is where it all came from. At least I would say the uh, the rate of which it's going down is slowing down. I don't know if that's actually a bullish thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Falling knives, that's for sure. Two for, one, that. two for one stock split almost uh, since late January. Uh that's a that's an interesting chart there. FXI has it. We haven't heard any head chain. You know, no China headlines lately. No China hasn't gone into Taiwan yet. That's, but a, why, that's so. Why do they continue to whack them all? You know, I don't like, know. this is whack. this is you know, there's something else happening here yeah, because you've had tech rallying, but China tech not participating in that rally whatsoever and going down. And we aren't hearing anything bad about Taiwan. You know, it just makes me think that something eventually is going to, there's going to be some type of headline that drops over there from a geopolitical standpoint. And the market's not going to like it because I don't need that. that and, and we don't need that, Mitch. But that's <laughs> what these stocks are telling us. I mean, yeah. these earnings were fine at JD. All the earnings have been pretty good out of the China stocks. They're always pretty good out of China stocks, aren't they, with their accounting rules? But, <laughs> but uh, I, maybe that's what it is, too. I mean, well, no, no trust from investors, right? Oh, the JD no trust. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, that's All right. Let's go to the Googs. And we talked about the Googs much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about them, but uh, I wanted to go to App Lovin and some of the smaller ones. Let's knock them out, right? Let's let's do App Lovin. Uh, we talked about Googs there earlier um, with their AI, but let's get to App Lovin here. Really nice lift off here. Uh, EPS at a loss of one cent misses the seven cent estimate. Sales of seven hundred and fifteen point four million beat the six hundred ninety three point five one million estimate. Yet. Really, I, I thought that was a big miss there on EPS loss and expecting a positive yet taken off. What stock is do you on APP? APP app APP. loving, loving apps. Did they, did they say something about AI? <laughs> it, it is kind of like an, I guess, an AI play here. I mean, but, but this, this looks like to me like kind of like upstart, like you just it didn't matter. 
They didn't matter who was in the report. They That's bought- pretty much this earnings season. <laughs> they bought it's it been up, the earnings man. season. Crocs blows it away. They murder the stock. You yeah. Know, you know, other companies that miss and they can't stop buying them. I mean, this you, you could have been an insider on a lot of these companies here. Have inside, have the report ahead of time and still got your butt kicked on trading yeah, these earnings dude. reports. I don't know. You're right. Like these earnings reports just haven't seemed to matter. Yeah, it's it's a random walk. I've heard someone post that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just, just yeah. a couple times. For this one, I mean, you got a relentless bid in here right now. Who knows how long it will last, but uh, maybe some sellers will appear at your October high. Your October high was twenty one seventy nine, and you ended that month at sixteen ninety six. So. Uh, with the upward momentum up three and a half bucks, uh, being at $16 last week, I, I got to give it uh, two. I'll give it a two and a half star. Watch your bids, Triple D. They're, they're making their mind up here in this market right now in the pre-market. Now we're red by by five handles. So it uh, looks like the chop, right now. Chop, the, chop, yeah, chop, 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 chop. That's what's in store for you guys and girls. <laughs> I tell you right now. I, I'm, I'm not great at predictions, but I will predict chop. <laughs> chop. So I guess you just keep you well, know, just playing the chop, and that's fading everything. That's what had, continues to make money in 2023, fading everything. So, but certain stocks, you know, tech stocks drifting higher, and then we have obviously everything else that feel like drifting lower. You know, sometimes, you know, Dennis says this market's easy, and I'll, I'll be honest, guys. Not I'll be on the other easy. side sometimes, and I'd be like, no, 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 not easy one bit. But not it, easy. this trade might have been an easy one here. Did you get your flowers for your mothers? Oh, <laughs> 1-800-Flowers.com, baby. Cute Come on. Adjusted. Where was the seasonality it, trade? Next. Loss of 27 cents. Beat Calendar the loss reminder. of 36 cents. <laughs> Next May, we're going long FLWS before Mother's Day. It it missed on sales and gave a little bit better EPS at a loss. It still went up, baby. (laughs) Yeah, the AI flowers. AI flowers coming at you. AI flowers. And that's FLWS for you guys that don't know the ticker. They water themselves, the AI flowers, (laughs) man. The AI flowers water themselves. You don't have to do anything. They just, and they grow extra high. Yeah, man. They'll use, they'll use a little AI to know which flower. Calendar pick, reminder. Right? Get Who your knows? iPhones out. Do it with <laughs> me. Calendar reminder. <laughs> FLWS. Go to next year. When's Mother's Day in 2024? Uh, or or what would be the next Good flower type ahead. of day, right? <laughs> is, it May, is it May 12th? I believe it's May 12th. May 12th, 2024. So calendar reminder around May 8th, May 9th. We need to be long flowers ahead of Mother's Day. <laughs> FLWS. Right. It's a simple yeah. game sometimes. Sometimes. All right, 10.30, uh, you're coming up on your April 25th high. If that was your target, you have it. Ooh, you're getting close there. So I would just say, you know, if you're if you're looking for more on the upside, uh, just got to get through this 10.30 to 10.82 uh, area. Those were three highs, a little gap fill back at the end of April. That's what you're looking at. And 1-800-Flowers. And Dennis, don't you forget to do something for Mother's Day. You know, for your mother and for uh, and for Laura. And, make and sure you have to do your wife, too. Is that how it works? You got to well, do that, too. you got it. Well, Isn't that? Aren't my five-year-old and, or six-year-old, she just turned six, six-year-old and eight-year-old supposed yep, to take care of that? Yep. No. Don't they do I passed the buck on that one now. Don't no, they do man, something in screwed. school? 
Like you know, yeah, they must do they, some cards or something. They, they get some. E- they get the easy way. They get guided through. You got to go do the shopping, Dennis. <laughs> All right, let's go to the last. New lows, new lows. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fade triple D. I'm gonna say if we can't hold this pre-market low, I think we're gonna get some pretty yeah. good downside. I'm here. not sure I'm, you're fading me. I'm not sure I made a call. What's my call? Tell me we, what my call. Is. Oh no, it's know. nice, man. No, no, well, I'm just said, curious because I don't no, know. You what said I'm chop. You're chop. right. It you is chop. I actually it's don't know what I'm thinking here. All I know <laughs> is, so so long-term portfolio, I still have my AMD. Kind, kind of think that 100 is a sell, to be honest. But the, the long-term portfolio lasted three days because it got up to technical Did we got some resistance. news, Mitch. Is there something breaking here at 9 not buying. I'm not buying Disney till 90, I've decided. I may buy it at 90, but I'm spooked. So people are asking me about Disney. Am I buying the pullback in Disney? I, I think I might at 90, but I'm not going to buy it. And Airbnb, yes, I did buy yesterday. Uh, last one I just wanted to mention really quickly. Maxen did report today. They gave really good Q2 revenue well, outlook. One of your darlings. Um, yeah, yeah. Maxen, I played it like multiple times. Stock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've traded it multiple times, way below yeah. this, right? <laughs> so that's another thing to keep in mind. I've traded this like in the 15s and 16s, not 30s. Uh, so just to kind of mention that. But Maxen Q2 revenue outlook: 360 million to 400 million versus a 356. 0.38 million estimates. So their estimate was below their lower guide right now for Q2. So this definitely giving them a lift. We've seen some good mentions from some solar names, but of course, First Solar has been the t- ugly turnaround there. This is, wow, this solar. is such a contrarian uh, move to the solar. Everyone must be going to Maxion Solar. going on for a while here. Yeah. It started with the NPH and it yeah. has just spilled over. SEDG reported and they took it the other way. I'd be okay. nervous on SEDG at major resistance at 300 with all the other disasters that have happened in solar. First solar, ENPH, the tan has been getting tanned. I, eventually, I do think solar is a big part of our future. You know, you got to look at multiples. You got to look at what you're paying for these companies. That's, you know, the major exactly. thing when you're looking at these. But, I mean, Sun Power, I was in this for a long time here. I'm so glad I got out of it because I was in this. This was one of my best long-term trades, I think, ever. Because I bought this in 2020, right during the COVID bubble at like six bucks. And I actually sold it all, Joel, at 52. I remember I've that. never taken the entire move like that. I sold it literally like seven months later from six to 52. And I, you know, rarely, you know, I'm always out too early, but I pretty much got the entire move on that Sun Power. Um, I rebought it a couple times in there too, and made money even doing it a couple times. I've kind of just been really lucky with this one. I think ten bucks on Sun Power. I think yeah. it could bounce at that level. It's where it was 17, 18, 2017, 2018, 2019 before we kind of broke out. So I'm kind of eyeing that ten dollar level, but you're not quite there yet. But it's on my shopping list at ten bucks. Okay. All right. All right. I'm just going to wrap things up here. We're we're we're, we're declining. Uh, we just uh, we just got the low. We're opening another half hour, but opening near the lows of the session. There, there's not much in here, folks. I mean, I wish I could give you a good number. My weekly swing number has been 4140. We're right here right now. But if you were trying to swing at that, you would just gotten chopped up a lot. Yesterday's low, that's way down at 41, 12 and a quarter. I don't see that coming into play. Uh, back on the upside, if the bulls want to say, hey, 
we're going to 4,200. They're going to make a charge at that double close area right at 4,152. Uh, so I'm going to hop out of there. Everyone uh, have a great day. I just want to throw in there. Uh, the closing print today, Gene Monster will be joining me. Nice. Uh, yeah, to recap this earnings season. So come often, come with your questions. Uh, I'll be ready to go at 3.30 tomorrow. So thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you all at 3.30. Wicked all rotation right. here today. Remember, you can say, oh, the market is collapsing. Well, look at the queues. We have the mm -hmm. tail of two markets here once again. IWM getting the beats. The queues getting bought again google up another three dollars because everybody's decide all of a sudden oh google's gonna be in ai or, oh, that's a shock no dennis i think it was all about google ai into search because for a second there what did we start thinking of could I had the Bing thing. actually become something? No. Yeah. Uh, that, that's what that now yesterday told me. Yeah, that, like, just push that to the side. No one's Push that to Bing. the side. No well, I had the Bing. little Bing. So I, I told you the story. The Skype. I got the Skype open. And the little Bing popped up at me. Let me just go yeah. see. I'll bring up my Skype here again. Because I actually want to read what it wrote to me. So I said, <laughs> it said Bing. So here was our interaction. Bing. It pops out of me out of the blue. Hey, this is Bing. I'm here to help you. Ask me any type of question like finding recipes with what's in your fridge, vegan restaurants in Cambridge, or drafting a story for curious kids. In groups, remember to mention me with Bing. I'm an AI preview, so I'm still learning. Sometimes I might say something weird. Don't get mad at me. I'm just trying to get better. If you want to start over, type new topic. And if you want to give me feedback, just report a concern. <laughs> How can I help you today? I'm in the middle of a tray. And this pops up at me. I said, never talk to me again. I responded. It said, I'm sorry, I can't reply to you. And whatever, I don't know, that's it. No, I can't, no, I can't even And it's respond. never said anything. It's just sitting there in the corner. I said, never talk to me again. I'm in the middle of a trade, and you're talking about children's recipes. Vegan oh, restaurants. Man. Body, I am not a vegan. You know, you want to talk to me about some good steakhouse? Maybe you got my attention. Right. Like, learn a little bit more Filet about mignon? me before reaching out. That's what I thought of the Bing Skype thing. Stay yeah. away. Uh, I agree with you. And Hold I think it, that don't this ever is, talk to me again. This is why the truth is, is, is I, don't, I don't need AI in everything. I need AI when I need it, right? Yeah. When I want to go to it. Not, don't not shove you it tell down my me. Throat. Yeah, don't shove it down my freaking throat, man. Everything with I get vegan, now. With vegan recipes. Yeah, and then and then I've been doing like more and more search, and I feel like search is actually getting crappier with AI, not better. Probably. Like I do search, and then all of a sudden I get all these like different articles that I could care less about. They're like on like these weird PRs that like you know like these fake websites. I just want quality resource that can tell me what's factual or not. That's all I care about for AI. Give me what's factual, right? Give give me a percentage. Hey. We feel that this is about 90% accurate. That would be way better for me than you you trying to just give the answers. And then, of course, we find out that they're probably not the answers, right? So we've seen it fail multiple times. But Google started now. Google really getting going. Can Google just save us today? Uh, Amazon. So I'm looking at what's green on my screen. Google, mm -hmm. Amazon, Arc. Up starts holding green. Micron is up here. NVIDIA is up. AMD is up again. I mean, it's very clear what they're buying here today. So, again, we're seeing what's yesterday. weak. 
The same thing that's weak every day. The bloody banks. It's always the banks. The banks are bloody here once again. They continue to be the problem. PAC-W is the problem. W-A-L is the problem. Maybe not today, but probably tomorrow. I mean, this is just the market we're in where the regional banks are holding us back. And they 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 I, they gave me a shakeout yesterday, Dennis. I got out of that FAZ and I'm kicking myself, man, because look at that move. Yesterday, right at the bottom, right at 930, just goes up right out the gates. But it went through my break even. So I kind of got out of that one. And now get I got the shake. They shook me out yesterday. This is what they do in this market. This is they the shake shaky you. market. They do yeah. this. This they is how they do you. it. So now I'm looking at like Bank of America. Do we go through yesterday's low, right? Yesterday's low around 27. We're at 27.11 already. So uh, we got a little bounce overnight, but right back down. Looking at the bigger banks too, because yeah, smaller banks going down is a concern. But to me, the real concern is these bigger banks start to come down, right? If those start coming down, JPM goes right back to where it was. Remember, it was down here, right? Down yeah. towards like, you know, uh, 125. If it comes back down to that 125, I that, think you're going to start. That shirt doesn't look good on JP Morgan. Yeah, I don't like that shirt at all. A lot of resistance. Yeah, a lot of so. resistance. And if you take out that 135 candle from yesterday, which we're going to lean mm-hmm. on here today, kind of looks looks to me like it wants to roll back over to those lows, Mitch. Yeah. So good eye. It's a nice gap right there, two to fill, right? I mean, everyone can see it through that 134, 135. We could feel that. So I got some calls. I got a hop. Go for it, Dennis. Do your thing. All right, guys. We'll bring you guys over to live trading. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We got a lot more for you right here on Benzinga, of course. You guys know I'm swinging Google. Made a really nice overnight call. I mean, I'm up 3.82% on this position. Not bad at all. Not going to complain. I also took a cruise line. Find out what cruise line I took if you come over to live trading right now hit the like team we'll see you guys over there let's go see what i can get into today